Uh. What's good, kids? And welcome to yet another episode of the Spam and Eggs podcast. I'm going to move over. I want to get center. There we go. Are we good? How are we feeling? Are we recording? We're recording. How are we feeling, dude? Are we feeling fulfilled in all the possible imaginal ways? Imaginable? Are we fulfilling? Are we fulfilling our destiny here? What is our destiny? If if all the things that we thought made us happy happened, and then will we really be happy, dude? Or we, do we just need something to impossible to chase? You know, do we need something to keep us busy and complain about? What can I do to help you out here? Fulfillment-wise. Nothing? Sorry about that. Um, what's, what's up? What's up with thermostats, huh? Dude, hard left turn. One, the thing about thermostats is, dude, one time, one make, one minute. Let me slow down. One minute you make it. One minute you make it 76 degrees, and then the next minute you owe $231. Why is that? Dude. Getting a bill for any amount of money is like getting stabbed for me. For us, but for me. God, the feedback is unreal. It's interesting being a substitute teacher and a stand-up comedian because collectively you make about $31 a day now. Let's just agree that's not enough money. Can we concede that? Can we just agree that in one day, if you make $31 and in that same day you spend $231 on only slightly warmer air, by the way, and you barely enjoyed it to begin with. If that's you, dude, you start to wonder the very real benefits of disappearing into thin air. Just packing a bag of essentials and peacing out. You start to Google what that really entails if you think about it enough. And uh, basically what it entails is the following. One, you got to smash your cell phone. That sucks. And usually that's the first thing you do so they can't track you. Which means the rest of these things on the list you have to do, you have to write down in longhand. And you you got no GPS. So welcome to your new life of circling back around. Do you know what I mean? That's how I spend most of my days, but I made a podcast about that already. I'm looking for a McDonald's. Second, dude, you got to leave the piano behind. You haven't learned to play that yet. You can't just pick a pick a guy and then be him because you can watch the movie. Here he did it and it killed him. So you spent too much on a piano. You didn't learn it. And now you have to disappear. So that sucks then you got to empty out your bank accounts which is always suspicious because no one does that unless they're gonna run and then once you get there you remember that you're running because you don't have enough money to begin with so you can skip that one actually and the number five or whatever is you got to leave like a riddle to one person (laughs) telling him that you're not disappeared actually you're going to be chilling under this tree in a f-ing place that rhymes with Texaco. Because chances are you're pretty cool with at least one person. 
the fact is that person just isn't enough for you to stick around and pay high utility bills for only slightly warmer air. And it's polluted, dude. It's polluted LA air. Hey, tenant, you want to, you want some hot, dirty air for 40 minutes? All right, for sure. Here you go. 41 bucks. Anybody flees to Texaco, now you know why. You know, shit's expensive. And stand-up comedy is not, is, is an awful basket to put any amount of your eggs in. To betray a dog in that way, like, I'll never do it again, but now he's dead, so it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't die directly after. <laughs> he died years and years later. It started off on a, on a really positive note, so welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Fucking dude, Texaco. I haven't thought about that place in a long time. When when I was eight years old, about my brother told me that his mom took him to Texaco, and I was pissed because I didn't know that Texaco wasn't in Mexico. <laughs> dude, then I learned it was just a gas station around the corner from our house that I've lived in for twelve years up to that point. I was said I was eight years old, so eight years old. And then I just found out that they sold regular snacks at Texaco. And I got as pissed about regular snacks as the thought of me not going to Mexico. So there's that. I guess that's a that's a happier note. Anyway, dude, so I'm a substitute teacher. And uh, I figured I'd just say that because I've been dancing around it for a little while now. And and I figure, you know, the podcast doesn't have to be so, I mean, like I could, I could do both. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully I don't, I don't think I'll get in trouble for this. It's just a podcast. This isn't even paid off yet and I'm already having issues. Okay, so I'm a substitute teacher and I check my Wells Fargo before work, which even if you're not a substitute teacher, never check your bank account. <laughs> It's just an all-around bad idea, dude, because the only thing you'll find is you don't have enough money. You have enough money, but just enough, or you have no money. And you can avoid all of that if you just don't check your bank account. So I checked my bank account before work, so I was in a bad mood, right? And I get... I get a bunch of eighth grade, uh, I get a bunch of t uh, second graders walking in. Still problems. I'm gonna take a second here to figure this out. A bunch of second graders walk in. I'm in a better mood. Second graders are cool. So I look down at my schedule and I'm like, first class math, second grade math. <sighs> I'm good, dude. I'm solid. It kind of makes me think about all the math that I didn't do that I should have tried a little harder at. And then maybe I'd be Neil Tyson's protege. Do you know what I mean? Anybody else delusional? Uh, so now I'm in a bad mood again because I figure out that I'm delusional 
Um, and that you can't change the past, so that's fine. But I got to find someone to take all this aggression out. Or not aggression, but like, I'm frustrated because I'm broke. Um, angst. I'll call it angst. Who am I going to take this, uh, this angst out on? Oh, look, hey, 41 second graders. Right? Hey, class, Mr. D went to college to study screenwriting, but it didn't do him any good financially, and he actually knew all that stuff already because he paid attention during movies. Should he have studied robotics? And if Mr. D makes a podcast about how he can't afford his heating bill, how long before he abandons his car and his job and his girlfriend and walks the earth? Like, like uh, Jules in Pulp Fiction. And then all the kids were like, ha good one, teach, but it's 8.30 a.m., Let's tone down the self-hatred. We're in the second grade. Which is fair. Dude, I don't want to count my chickens too early, but I really, really enjoy substitute teaching. It's very cool. Especially at this one school. And I wish that I could shout it out from the rooftops, dude. Shout out this school. Tell you how awesome some of these kids are from the rooftops. And name names, dude, to paint you a real picture. But I can't. I can't. Because there are psychos out there. And that's unfortunate. But I will tell you this. I hope every single one of my favorite ones live good lives, dude. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't start out on such a negative, <sighs> negative sort of mood. Because I want to talk about something that happened. Up to this point, it's been the most rewarding part. The most rewarding, get it, get the burp out, dude. It's been the most rewarding. <laughs> God, I need to cut myself some slack, dude. It's been the most rewarding day of substitute teaching so far. And I want to, I want to talk about it, dude, because it really, it, it, it meant a lot to me. And it, uh, it was one of those times where I was like, ah, I, this is kind of it's kind of frustrating when this happens, but I don't know I don't know if I like it or hate it, but it could be both. You kind of jump out of your your body real quick and you go like, "Ah, oh, this is a this is a movie dude or this is a podcast or this is a book or a joke or whatever it is." This isn't this isn't just what it is, it's what it can be. Damn, dude. Call me Dr. D from now on. Dude, you know what? You know it would be even better if it was this instead. No, just let it be what it is because that's what... I don't know. Okay, so here's what was happening. I was subbing for the second grade class and they were rehearsing this song that they'd prepared to sing in front of their parents and teachers and stuff. It was a beautiful song, dude. The song is about just growing up and being a grown-up and all of the stuff that they're going to do when they're grown up and how magical grown-ups are and how all they ever want to be is a grown-up, right? And how awesome it is. You could just do whatever you want when you're a grown-up because that's what grown-ups do. And I was like, man, this is adorable. 
but at the same time, I'm also not sure if it's adorable because like kids are adorable or if it's just because it's adorable to think that grownups are any more prepared for life than they are. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> as adorable as this is, these kids should chill and just be seven. Okay, so let me back up for a second. Here's what was happening. Everyone's filling in for this rehearsal, and the second one of my students takes the stage, he starts to absolutely hyperventilate. And so I clock that. And usually it's not a big deal, dude. Look, it's scary. But usually they get over it. They realize what it is and they're like, eh, I'm okay. I'm good. So I was waiting for that to happen. And I kind of keep, keep going back and forth from the song to the kid. Song to the kid, song to the kid. And I'm like, this is really hard to enjoy. This really lovely song. Because this child is about to die on everyone's watch. So I keep reclocking how difficult it is for this kid to even stand. Now, two minutes passes. This kid is on stage for two minutes. And he's got his face pointed at the ceiling. And he's soaked in sweat. I didn't know that it was possible to get that wet that quickly, dude. But f fear is a motherfucker. And I was like, dude, I feel, I feel bad for this kid because this... This is the grown-up shit happening over to the side. And he's still in line, by the way. He's standing, he's standing in line, and the rest of his class is, kind of, is like singing, and then like three or four people see what's happening. And they're kind of like going like, hey, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. No one's going to punch you in the mouth up here, dude. You know? It's just, it's the same room. You're just higher, right? You're pointed in the other direction. But, but I was watching him, and I was like, this is grown-up shit. You know? Hey, all of the other students, take a long look at this kid here, how fear-ridden he is. This is adulthood, dude. The song you're singing is real nice, but this kid knows what's up. So then it, it starts to get kind of scary, because this kid's getting really, he's really starting to sweat. and. This could very quickly turn into an actual medical emergency, is how I'm feeling. I don't know if that's for sure, but I know people pass out, and that's not fun. What if he hits his face? That's on somebody, right? So finally, one of the teachers takes him in, takes him off stage, and sits him down and tries to calm him down. And I'm going like, okay, good. We took the first step. So they start to talk, to, like this one person starts to talk to him, and I'm going like, they should probably get him to put his hands on his head. I don't know why, but I th think that helps. I'm pretty sure it does. I remember that much from track and field and basketball and, base and, bas and football, right? I'm no doc. Damn, dude. Call me Dr. D from now on. But they should try that out for size. So 
I kind of like the the pressure is relieved a little bit. I'm kind of looking back and forth still, but I'm really worried. Well, I'm worried about this kid because he's he's a good kid. He's adorable, like I said, and the class is adorable too. But it's more cool, like looking at this kid going, like, man, he's really freaking out about this. And well, I mean, it's not cool, but it's cool because you know that he's gonna be all right. That's why it's kind of, it's not fun to watch, but I'm getting a lot out of it because I'm watching him and I'm, he doesn't think it's going to be all right, dude. That's why he's hyperventilating still. I mean, he's settled down a little bit, but he still looks like he's going to reach cardiac arrest. And the teacher's talking to the kid. And here's where things start to take a turn. He's talking to the kid. Well, you know, we'll call him... We'll call him Peanuts. The kid, he's talking to the kid. And she's going like, hey, you know, what's going on, Peanuts? Take a breath, Peanuts. He keeps, she keeps saying his name. Which isn't helping. Right? Hey, Peanuts, you know, take a breath. Look at me. And it's kind of with that tone, too. I'm like, ah, you gotta, you gotta switch it up a little bit. Hey, Peanuts, take a breath. Look at me. Hey, look at me. Oh, oh, fine. All right, fine. Don't look at me. You know, he starts to get kind of upset. <laughs> All right, you know what? Fine. Don't look at me. Just keep looking at the fucking ground. That seems to be helping. And then switches back to helpful. Hey, stay with me, Peanuts. Breathe. And then three teachers and administrator come up to him, and they all try the same thing. And I'm going like, this is... they should share what's working and what's not. Because they're all doing the same thing, dude. They're just telling him to calm down. And that isn't helping. With, with each adult that comes, things get worse. So finally, they just give up. And they just leave him there to die. <laughs> just to die in his little chair. So I'm watching this kid. He's starting to settle down, but he, but just barely, dude. And um, and kind of out of nowhere. I got you covered, brother. Have a beautiful day and watch a good movie. All right. All right. Thanks, man. You too. Oh shit! I hung up on him on accident. Ah, he seems like an all right guy. I'm gonna be thinking about that for, I mean, minutes. Uh, I'm watching this kid, and he's starting to settle down a little bit. And I want to I want to help this kid. Just like the rest of the teachers did. They wanted to help him too, you know? And I'm going like, what is going to what's going to help this kid, man? Cuz I really feel for him, you know. I remember this girl when I was in high school, there was this girl freshman year earth science. We were doing presentations for something and it was one student at a time. And this girl, she looked okay, but she walked up to the front of the class. She had her eyes closed she looked up and burst into tears dude and then she did like half of her presentation it was like an eight minute presentation and then <laughs> and she's crying for four minutes before mr erickson gets her off is like hey do, you, do let's this is this is awful for all of us <laughs> But it's still cute for a second grader. So, all right. I'm watching this kid. And now he's alone. 
he's like tucked tucked off to the side of the stage and no one's no one's with him he's just trying to like breathe and so kind of out of nowhere dude i remember this movie called made in manhattan with j-lo uh and a bunch of other people there's the scene in the movie basically j-lo is a maid in manhattan uh and got a real fat ass bleep it and then she has this kid now really smart kid kind of an awkward kid sweaty he sweat a lot he was always sweating under his eyes i remember that much but he had to give some sort of a presentation and he couldn't do it now there's another guy who's the love interest of j-lo and he what he does is he gives trying to get into j-lo's pants a little bit but he wants to help this kid so he goes and and has this paperclip and he gives this paperclip to this kid and tells him you know i you know i speak in front of kids a lot too or i speak i speak uh, in groups or whatever audiences and uh whenever i feel anxious or whatever it was i hold this paperclip and it takes away takes away that feeling and it gives me sort of gives me strength or whatever the fuck so i'm like okay that's good i don't know if this kid is going to totally buy into it but i'm going to try something and so i reached in my backpack and i'm looking for like some i'm looking for like a paperclip or something right but i don't want to totally rip off the movie i still want to put i still want to zhuzh it up because because i yeah I don't want him to see Made in Manhattan one day and go like, ah, oh, Mr. D is just a thief. He passed this thing off as his own. So what I did was I found this quarter. I found a quarter at the bottom of my backpack. So I walked over to this kid, and I've got a little bit of rapport with him already. Like I've taught, I've had him as a student maybe, maybe eight or ten times, right? So I... I go over there and I sit down next to him. I, I'm just like, hey, I know this is difficult. I know this, this can be really scary, you know? Are you scared? Do you feel scared? He goes like, yeah. And he's not really looking at me. He's kind of looking at the floor. Which, by the way, he didn't look at any of the other teachers too. So I was like, all right, cool. Guess I'm no different. And then so he's looking at the floor. I'm going like, you know, I know. But you know what really helps is if you have if you have something to hold on to, if you have something to kind of take away from that that feeling of fear or you just can't catch your breath or something to distract you and just get you through this thing that you're dealing with, right? And it kind of starts to like, look up, kind of looks at my feet a little bit, and then back. And I go like, hey, I want to, I want to give you something, right? And I pull at this quarter and I go, you know, I'm on, I'm on stage a lot too. And sometimes it can, it can get scary. You get, you don't, you can panic. You don't know what to do. It's a pretty vulnerable place. You know, you're standing on stage and they're down here and they're watching you. And it can, it can be, it can be a lot to deal with, right? And I said, can I give you, 
can I give you something? And he goes, yeah, you know, what is it? And so I, I held out this quarter and I said, if you, if you hold this quarter on with you on stage in your hand and anytime you get nervous or scared, you start to lose your breath, squeeze that quarter, just give it a good squeeze and look up toward the, the top of the back of the room and just, just breathe. Just remember it's only a couple minutes. I know it's scary, but if you just, if you hold on to this quarter and you give it a good squeeze, you're going to be okay. And I, and I was like, can you, can you hold on to this for me? Just try it out. And he goes, no, no, you, you keep it. You keep it. I want you to have it is what he said. And I was like, no, I, I want, I, I'll be, I'll be okay. But I think it might do you some good. So he goes, okay. And they're still singing. They're still singing. His class is still going back to certain parts of the song and stuff. And, uh, and so I, I put, I put the quarter in his hand and he kind of looks at it and he kind of just holds it. So then the song ends. They get they get to the end of the song. And the director of this thing says, "Okay, we're going to we're going to run through it just one more time." And tomorrow is the show. So this is their last rehearsal before the day. And I look over to him and he's looking at the quarter and he kind of like squeezes it. And then he looks on stage and then like kind of like back to his hand. And I ask him, I'm like, do you want to, do you want to try it again? You don't have to, but do you, do you want to maybe? And he goes, okay, I'll try, I'll, I'll try it again. And so he, he goes up onto the steps and I can, I can see from my seat right next to his, I can see he's just barely taller than this kind of wall in front of him right before he climbs the stairs to get on stage. I could just see his face and he pauses right before he gets on stage and he just takes a deep breath. He looks down to the quarter and he steps on stage and the song begins and he's just singing and he starts to kind of tremble a little bit starts to get a little more a little a little afraid again a little short of breath but he's got that quarter and I can see him kind of pulsating, like he's just like squeezing every several seconds. He's like looking up to the back of the room and then down to the quarter and then over to me, dude. He looks over to me and I'm looking right at him, man. I'm looking right at this kid who 
just fell apart. I mean, he couldn't. It looked like he was about to fall over. He could barely stand on his own. And now I'm looking at him and he's sitting on he's standing on stage and he's he's barely up there, dude, but he's up there. He's got his head held just a little bit higher now and he's squeezing that quarter and he's looking right at me and he's singing, dude. He's singing this song about about growing up and about what what it's like to be a grown up and what life what life is going to be how cool it's going to be when they're when he's finally grown up and the strength that he'll have and and it was it was awesome man because he did it. And um like I said I've I've only I've only ever spoken to this this kid, you know, a handful of times. But I'm so proud of him in that moment because he couldn't do this thing and it was so scary and now he's doing it, dude. And uh It was the best day at work. Maybe it was the best day I've ever had at work. Maybe there's one, there's one that's there's one that's close. Uh, I'll get into that one one day. But it it was one of those times that is going to. I just knew in that moment. I was like, this is gonna. This is going to stick with me, man. Um, anyway. So he gets up. They finish the song. And he gets off stage. And he walks He walks right up to me. And he and he tries, he tries to give me that quarterback. And I was like, no, I want you to have it. And he goes, no, I, thank you. I, I want you to have it. And I said, okay. You know, I'll, I'll hold on to it for you. And he, he asked me, can I... Can I use it tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, of course. This is this is yours, man. This is yours. And he gets into line. They start to file back outside. And I'm sitting in my chair and I'm watching him walk away. And he just shoot he 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 turns back around and he just gives me one more look. And I was just Dude, I I almost started to full on cry in front of like because it's so I don't know, man. Anyway, dude. Fuck it. Big fan of that kid. Um and then one of the <laughs> and so one of the one of the teachers who talked to him earlier walks up to me and she goes like, "What did you say to him?" You know? And I was like, you know, can't give away, can't give it away. And she just goes, good job. And then walks away. And I was like, yeah, dude. (laughs) I did what you couldn't. (laughs) Guess you never seen Made in Manhattan and 
teacher school, dude. Anyway, it's moments like those, I think, that they make you think for for a minute that, hey, maybe maybe life's not all that bad. Maybe you should just buck up. Find something that's worth you going, eh, it's, it's going to be it's fine, right? Not every single thing about your 21st century American citizen life is a total disaster, right? Look at this kid singing his little heart out. He's still a little short of breath, and he's scared, but he's doing it. And I like to think I had a little something to do with him getting him back on stage. But now that he's up there, here's the thing about this, dude. Now that he's up there, the only thing keeping him up there is him. And maybe a little help from this, from a quarter from the bottom of my backpack. And maybe more importantly, this, this idea about, about this quarter. It was emotional watching him up there, man. Like, you know, if I'm being totally honest. And, uh, you know, he couldn't do it. And now he's up there singing about all he hopes to be later. And for those couple of minutes, life life seemed to take on somewhat of a, a more optimistic trajectory. Dude, because lately things, like, it... It's difficult. Life's difficult. And um, and at the end of the song, I had a real inclination to set this kid back down and go, you know, hey, man, life is going to feel a lot like that sometimes. But I'm proud of you for getting back up there. You know, you faced a real and and legitimate challenge today. And you came out on top, dude. You you won by all accounts. Uh, but, you know, one day you'll face something and that thing will beat you. <laughs> and you'll lose. Because there's real tragedy out there, dude. You guys know what's up. You're however old you are. There's real tragedy out there, and if you're lucky, you haven't quite learned yet how dark and fucked it could get, but I'm sure you've got an inkling that everything isn't just fucking awesome all the time, right? You're listening to a podcast, for God's sakes. You're pretty smart. <laughs> but there are some things in life that when they happen, dude, they take your they take your baseline and just knock it down a couple of rungs. And then everything is different now. Everything sucks just a little bit more. You get that call 
and uh, you totally disassociate. You can't believe what's happened. And then you have this realization that from that moment on, there's life before this and there's life after this. And you're just different now. True tragedy unveils itself. It grits its teeth. And it sinks them right into your fucking dick. <laughs> and then some time passes. And the stuff that was really remarkable about life is a little less that now. And then for however long... Fucking colors not as bright. And food tastes a little bit off. So you but you still you still eat too much of it. But it's fine. Anyway, man. I started this episode off talking about fulfillment. So I figure that's where we'll end. I just think it can be hard to to know where burp. It can be hard to know where real fulfillment comes from exactly. And it takes real work to find a source of the of that fulfillment that's going to come even close to being semi-consistent. I think the one thing that I've found is the only thing that is consistent and won't totally fuck you in the end is relationships. And I don't know, man. I can't even say that's... It's, it's the closest thing to it. One week it's drugs and alcohol, right? Next week you're buying a bunch of crap off of Timu <laughs> and Sheehan, other various Instagram shell companies. You buy the shirt, and you're like, God, I don't have, I don't have something quite like that. And then it takes a little while for you to get the shirt, and it's fine. You know, maybe this is what you are missing your entire life. And then it's cool for a little bit, and then suddenly the fact that it was $4 after shipping and handling isn't enough, right? To forget the fact that 11 Chinese slave babies sewed that thing together on their smoke break. That shirt is no longer fulfilling. I guess what I'm saying is sometimes it might seem like a viable option to just disappear like we were saying earlier. You know, what if we just cashed out and just walked around the Congo for a while, right? Maybe Chile. Chile. I got to fit some jokes in here, man. Jesus. Maybe you, all right. Chile. Maybe you go to Chile. But then, you know, before you take off, you got to, you get it into your head that 
you know, before you disappear, you should probably change your hair like all the Bourne movies. Maybe you shave weird shapes and shit into your head so as to be unrecognizable to your neighbors as you as you take off, right? So you're shaving your head, you've got you fucked up the star, so now it's just a you turned it into a circle or something, then you punch the mirror. <laughs> you punch the mirror and it shatters all over the place. And it'd be a little contrived and dramatic, but also symbolic, I guess. You pull out your go bag from under your bed. You know, you've been thinking about that bag. You've been thinking about that bag for a while. But then you unzip it, dude. You take inventory, and then suddenly you realize there's not really that much essential shit in there. You know? You don't need all the things you thought you did. You don't need three identical pocket knives <laughs> for your life on the run. Why is there a pencil sharpener in here? You write in pen like a gentleman. Because pen stays. You gotta scratch out your mistakes when you're using pen, because you know life is messy. Then you go back into the bathroom, and uh, now you've got glass in your foot. You probably shouldn't have punched that mirror earlier. <laughs> so now you're pissed. Something's, something's still not working, dude. You dyed your hair, you cut it. Maybe you put that little nick, that little nick in your eyebrow, right? <laughs> With one of the pieces of glass on the ground. <laughs> just reach down there and just give, a, yourself, give yourself a little eyebrow nick. That thing that started out as like a, like an incidental boxer thing. But then, you know, I think a couple of people from Fast and the Furious did it. And then now Charlie Puth. Now everybody's just appropriated the boxer's nick. And nobody can tell if you're like a, they they think you can't tell that you're a poser, right? I think that might be a little harsh. Maybe you're not a poser. Maybe you just wanted to try a thing. You didn't know what it was, but you thought it was like distinguished. You're like, yeah, that's kind of badass. But now people just think you're an asshole. <laughs> Too bad eyebrows don't grow back as fast as you want them to. So now what do you do? Do you pick up? You take up boxing lessons, right? So as to bring some sort of validity to the boxer's nick. <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you do? Let me know. Anyway, that's all the shit I wanted to tell that kid. From start to finish. Ending with boxer's... Starting with... Made in Manhattan, ending with boxers, Nick. But I think ultimately, like, the message to him would be, like, I've never changed my identity and fallen off the map, right? But I've bought some shirts off of Timu. Been around. And I think... I think ultimately what happens is you find yourself being, you know, preoccupied with things you can't control. Doesn't matter where you are. You know, so what? You ditched your old life. Now, you know, it's not like you ditched your brain. 
along with all your responsibilities. You're still spiraling and stabilizing with with the same frequency. And you wish you told a couple more people how you felt. Maybe then you would have stuck around a little longer. (sighs) Maybe. I don't know. Jesus, where did that all come from? This is supposed to be a happy thing about this kid. It was happy. It just took a turn. Listen, kid. If you ever see this in the future, I'm proud of you. And I hope you did. I hope you're doing well. Wait a long time before you watch it. Um, I feel drained. Sorry about that. I felt like uh, felt like we were on a roll there for a minute, but it's been enough time. So next time we'll talk about Sydney Sweeney or something. I'm lucky to have this. This is a really cool outlet. I'm lucky to have this. I'm lucky to have stand up. I'm lucky to have. I'm lucky to have a lot, dude. Sometimes this stuff just comes out. If you're watching this or you're listening and you think, is he, does he feel lucky? What about me? Am I, do I feel lucky? Or does he feel lucky to have me? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Cause you're the shit. All right. Send an email, dude. What'd you think about my story? What'd you, th- have you ever, th- have you ever thought about, you know, disappearing have you ever thought about uh made in manhattan or boxers Knicks or timu or sydney sweeney all right man keep singing i don't know if people know have an opinion about dayton but i was like oh this is pretty cool i think dayton's fantastic